the loss of liberties leads to the rise of Antichrist. That is a topic we'll discuss today right here on the Christian Worldview radio program, where the mission is to sharpen the biblical worldview of Christians and to share the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm David Wheaton, the host, and our website is thechristianworldview.org. Now, the Bible explicitly states in its final book, the book of Revelation, that the world will be ruled someday by an authoritarian leader called the Beast or the Antichrist. Here is the all-encompassing degree of authority that Antichrist will have as written in Revelation chapter 13. And he, the Antichrist, causes all, the small and the great, and the rich and the poor, and the free men and the slaves, to be given a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. And he provides that no one will be able to buy or to sell except the one who has the mark, either the name of the beast or the number of his name. Again, that's Revelation 13, verses 16 and 17. Now, to hold that kind of authority over every person in the world means that individual liberties, such as the freedom of religion or freedom of speech or the press or to assemble, to petition government and to bear arms, will have been eliminated by that point or greatly restricted. So, How does the world go from here, where it is now, to there? I mean, after all, the United States has a constitution which enshrines the individual liberties I just mentioned. So today in the program, we're going to examine how individual liberties are being trampled on the way to authoritarian rule. Now, the founders of this country knew from experience Their experience in Europe and in England with the monarchs, the kings, and also the religious authorities over in that part of the world with the Roman Catholic Church, the popes, that individual liberties and the separation of powers and a representative republic where people have a say in who leads them and a constitution, all those things act as a defense against authoritarian rule. The First Amendment to the Constitution says, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. So there it is, the freedom of free exercise of religion, the freedom of speech, freedom of the press, right to peaceably assemble and to petition the government. That's just in the First Amendment to the Constitution. Again, they all knew from experience what it was like without those things under the authoritarian powers, the the kings and the leaders of, of England, or the Roman Catholic Church papacy. When people are free to exercise religion, and they had, by the way, the Christian religion in mind, They are usually self-sufficient and not relying on government because they get married and stay married. They work hard and provide for their families. They're law-abiding. They raise their kids in the discipline and admonition of the Lord. And so when that takes place, that makes someone who doesn't have to be dependent on big government when people have the freedom of speech. 
wrong or bad ideas aren't just assumed to be, quote, the truth. People can push back and, and point out how wrong and bad ideas they are. When the press is not partisan, in other words, in the pocket of one political party, people are informed of all the news rather than just select propagandized news. When people can freely assemble, they can exchange ideas that may be counter to what the the state is promoting. When people can petition government, they have influence on their leaders and the policies that they live under. And then you move on to the Second Amendment, a well-regulated militia, it says, being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Now, the next step beyond the First Amendment is restricting the right to bear arms. People without the the ability to defend themselves or their family from authoritarians are easily controlled by authoritarians because the authoritarians have the guns and the individual people don't have them. So again, the founders knew these things from experience. They knew the sinful nature of of man. They knew that when sinners get in power and there's no checks on their power, that's very, very bad news and dangerous for individual citizens. Now, let me just say as a caveat here, before we get further into this issue of individual liberties, God's purposes march on whatever the state of individual liberties are in a given country. Jesus never preached on the importance of free speech or even the freedom of religion, but individual liberties are most certainly a hedge against the sinful proclivities of those in power. They are like a a special grace to be used that can be used and should be used for God's glory. In other words, we have the freedom of religion, so we should use it to worship God freely, to speak about the, the gospel freely, to assemble peaceably to worship, to defend ourselves and the family from criminals or tyranny. Individual liberties are like a gift from God, but they're not necessarily his guarantee. Otherwise, everyone would have these individual liberties everywhere across the world, and they couldn't be taken away. But in fact, it's actually really quite rare that countries have and people enjoy the individual liberties that we have here in America. And so we are at a crossroads in America today with the Biden administration now in power. It's become abundantly clear that the individual liberties of Americans, including Christians, are under attack or under assault like never before. So, for instance, if you want to do you want to exercise your freedom of religion at church? Well, that's been canceled in many places. Now it's being more opened up because of COVID-19. The the church is deemed non-essential, of course, while Walmart is very, very essential. You say something online that's not approved by Facebook or Twitter. Well, guess what? You're going to lose your account. You're going to be shut down. And now we're hearing a lot about the need to eliminate, quote unquote, disinformation. Have you noticed that? Well, just think of what they're going to think about you as a Christian that believes that God created the heavens and the earth. That's disinformation. That Jesus is the only way? Oh, that's just disinformation. How can he be the only way? Or marriage and morality and gender are defined by God? Well, that's disinformation. Why is this taking place? Well, the answer is simple, because sinful man is always trying to get back to Babel, the Tower of Babel, where man is God. We shall make a name for ourselves and we can live without being under the accountability and authority of God. And they can enforce their humanistic control on on everyone. And that's where things end up 
before Christ's return, as we saw earlier, we mentioned earlier in Revelation. In other words, the unregenerate, the truth suppressors, and the God rejectors are always on a pilgrimage back to Babel, and they have to shut down people's individual liberties to get there. Listen to what Joe Biden said at the recent national prayer breakfast this week. Just look who he points out as the enemies of democracy. But we know this time is different. Over 400,000 of our fellow Americans have lost their lives to a deadly virus. Millions are out of work. We see long lines for food at food banks that stretch for miles. We hear the call for racial justice, some 400 years in the making. And we know the dream, and more importantly, the reality of justice for all cannot be deferred any longer. We see the existential threat of climate crisis that poses to our planet and everywhere we turn with more severe floods, stronger hurricanes, more intense wildfires. We just have to open our eyes. We've just witnessed images that we've never imagined, images that now we'll never forget. A violent assault in the U.S. Capitol, an assault on our democracy, on our capital, a violent attack that threatened lives and took lives. We know now we must confront and defeat political extremism, white supremacy, and domestic terrorism. For so many in our nation, this is a dark, dark time. So where do we turn? Faith. Look at the four things he mentioned and how all four of those things, the coronavirus, the racial injustice, as he defines it, climate change, and domestic terrorists, what happened at the Capitol. Those are the issues by which they are going to restrict or try to eliminate the individual liberties of America, because once there's no opposition, then they can impose their, their humanist, godless agenda on this country and by extension on the world and get back to Babel. Now, with that as a background, we're going to play an interview with Twyla Brace today, the president of Citizens Council for Health Freedom. They're an organization focused on individual liberties. And Twyla and I had seen an online video with a woman named Catherine Austin Fitz, who talked about a coming change to the monetary system of the world. And to get there, the COVID crisis, the racial unrest, were the means being used to restrict individual liberties to get to their globalized, godless, dystopian world. Twyla, it's great to have you back on the program. You've been on many times over the years. And today I want to play some sound bites, start off playing some sound bites by a presentation or an interview that was shown online called Planet Lockdown. And the person being interviewed was Catherine Austin Fitz. I'm just going to read just a a paragraph bio of her, uh, just so listeners have some context as to who she is. It says, Catherine Austin Fitz offers the Soleri Report, I'll tell you about that in a second, Uh, a unique perspective on how to navigate the opportunities and risks in the global financial system and political economy. Catherine is the president of Solari, publisher of the Solari Report, and managing member of Solari Investment Advisory Services. She served as managing director and member of the board of directors of the Wall Street Investment Bank, Dylan Reed & Company 
and as Assistant Secretary of Housing and Federal Housing Commissioner at the United States Department of Housing and Urban Development in the first Bush administration. She went to University of Pennsylvania, the Wharton School of, of Business, I believe it was, where she got her MBA. So she has quite a resume. So she did an interview, and we have it linked at our website right now for listeners to watch the entire thing. But I want to play the opening soundbite, Twyla, where Catherine Austin Fitz talks about this new financial system that's trying to be implemented as a result of COVID-19 and other things going on in the world. Listen to this, and I'll have you comment. My name is Catherine Austin Fitz. I'm the publisher of the Solari Report and managing director of Solari Investment Advisory Services. What do you think is happening economically as a result of all this? I just published a huge study called The State of Our Currencies. And what I describe is the fact that for many decades, the dollar has been the reserve currency. And uh, the system is what I would describe as long in the tooth. And the central bankers are trying to bring in a new system, but it's not ready to go yet. And what we're, what we're in a period of great change and uncertainty where the central bankers are trying to keep the dollar system going and accelerate. So they're trying to lengthen the dollar system, and then they're trying to accelerate bringing in the new system. And they have to bring in the new system without anybody quite realizing exactly what it is. So... Uh, I describe the new system as the end of currencies. So it's we're not bringing in a new currency. We're essentially bringing in a new transaction system that will be all digital and essentially end currencies as we know them. So what they're trying to do is involves essentially all the money on the planet. So it's big, it's complicated, it's messy. Um, and the challenge they have is how do you market a system that if people understood it, nobody would want. And of course, <laughs> the way you do that is with a healthcare crisis. Mm, very interesting soundbite. So, ninety-nine percent of the soundbite Twyla was about the changing economic system of the future, going away from money, a new economic system. I'm not an economist and understand, you know, geopolitical world finance and world international banking and so forth. But ninety-nine percent of the soundbite was about this transition taking place. But this is where you come in, in the last 1% there. How do you get this implemented that people don't know what's coming and they don't want it through a health care crisis? Of course, you're the president and fountain co-founder of Citizens Council for Health Freedom. Uh, this is an organization uh, dedicated to protecting health care choices, individualized patient care, and medical and genetic privacy rights. So this is your area of expertise and this whole situation of COVID going on right now. And so this is what Catherine Austin Fitz is talking about, how this health crisis, so to speak, is being used to implement a whole new financial dynamic in the world. And it's really revelation-like is what she's talking about. What are your thoughts on that opening soundbite, just where she gives an overview of what's taking place as a result of using this COVID-19 crisis to get there? What the COVID-19 crisis has done is it has caused fear global-wide. And there are all sorts of things that people would not do regularly if they were not afraid but they are now very afraid and they have been kept very afraid by all sorts of, you know, statements by different uh, politicians and government bureaucrats and policy wonks. They're afraid. And so they're willing to sort of bow and do things that they didn't used to do. And I think when you look at what she's saying, and if you want to look at it in a, um, a, a really direct way and see some of the examples, 
Look at the fact that some of the restaurants are no longer taking cash because they don't want to they don't want to touch your cash, mm-hmm. right? So we're moving to more institutions refusing to take cash. And so here she is talking about currency, the end of currency. And I see that as well. And of course, um, currency, real currency is anonymous and it is powerful in your hand and nobody can do anything except you with your currency. And so that's that's the power of the pocketbook. So here we've got a healthcare crisis, probably not as big of a crisis as people really think. And people are willing to do all sorts of things they wouldn't do before. The Christian Worldview with David Wheaton returns in just a moment. The new year has brought new features to the Christian Worldview radio program. First, good news for those who don't have an affiliate station in their area and those who subscribe to our free podcast. The latest program will now be available at our website, thechristianworldview.org, or via our podcast feed at 8 a.m. Central Time on Saturdays. Short takes will also be released on Mondays following the weekend airing of the program. These bite-sized highlights are great for those who don't have time to listen to the full 54-minute broadcast. Short takes can be heard at our website, podcast feed, and our social media pages on Facebook and YouTube. For more updates, program previews, and resources, be sure to sign up for our free weekly email by visiting thechristianworldview.org or calling 1-888-646-2233. That's 1-888-646-2233. 2233 or visiting thechristianworldview.org. There's an abundance of Christian resources available, but the reality is that many of them, even some of the most popular, do not lead to a sound and strong faith. While there's only one perfect book, a key aim of the Christian worldview is to identify and offer resources that are biblically faithful and deepen your walk with God. In our online store, we have a wide range of resources for all ages, adult and children's books and DVDs, Bibles and devotionals, unique gifts, and more. So browse our store at thechristianworldview.org and find enriching resources for yourself, family, friends, small group, or church. You can also order by calling toll-free 1-888-646-2233. That's one 888 646-2233 or visit thechristianworldview.org Welcome back to The Christian Worldview. Be sure to visit our website thechristianworldview.org where you can subscribe to our free weekly email and annual print newsletter, order resources for adults and children, and support the ministry. Now, back to today's program with host David Wheaton. Twyla Brace with us today on the Christian Realview radio program talking about how the virus is being used to undo the current economic, financial, uh, monetary system in the world and uh, what that's going to lead to. Let's go to the second soundbite now, and this is where it gets more into why a health crisis is needed. Again, this is Catherine Austin Fitz being interviewed about the COVID crisis. And why is the healthcare crisis good for that? Because generally, if, if a few people want to control the many, the question is, how can you you know, how can you herd all the sheep into the slaughterhouse without them realizing and resisting? So uh, the perfect thing is invisible enemies. 
So we had the war on terrorism, you know, with invisible terrorists. And then, then now a virus is perfect because it's invisible. You can't prove that it doesn't exist because it's visible, invisible. So invisible enemies are always the preferred one, particularly if they scare people. If you can use fear and introduce significant fear, then people will need government to protect them from the invisible enemy. Then the second tactic, which is very effective, is divide and conquer. And so in the meantime, if you can use the media, the media plays a very important role. If you can turn men and women against each other and black and white against each other. And one of the reasons you import a lot of immigrants into into Europe is turn the general population against the immigrants and then you need government to be in the middle. And, you know, so, so these are all, whether it's divide and tactic or invisible enemies, these are all ways to institute fear and get people to go along with things. And of course, the invisible virus allows you to do enormous control mechanisms. You can stop people from gathering. You can stop people from organizing. You can stop people from getting together and talking about what's going on, et cetera, et cetera. And if you digitize it with contract tracing, then you can control who's talking to whom. If you can get them to do all their work and education online, you can literally listen to everything they're saying. So you can you can institute extraordinary amounts of surveillance all in the you know the theory that we're protecting you from the invisible virus it's very clever you know and as you can see it's working in with many people not everybody but many people so i don't want to underestimate the ability of the leadership to introduce pathogens that will kill people and i don't want to suggest that people aren't getting sick but um essentially what you're trying to do is you're trying to get people to buy into a solution before they see where it's ultimately going to go. Because you're talking about a transaction system that is no longer a currency, it's a control system. So it's like a credit at the company store. If every central bank comes out with a digital central bank currency, they have the ability to turn your money on and off. So if you don't behave... That's it. And of course, as we know, they want to combine this with transhumanism, which means literally, you know, I take injections that can institute an, uh, the equivalent of an operating system in my body. And so I'm hooked up to the financial system literally physically. Okay. Again, that's Catherine Austin Fitz being interviewed here about the COVID crisis being used to, to not just gain some control, but to gain monetary control. And then she mentioned at the end something called transhumanism. We'll talk about that in a little bit in the program, what exactly that is. But we're almost a year into this virus now when it really became prominent in, in America. I think it was you know late February, March of 2020. How do you see what she said there Twyla, as far as the effort to just use this virus. And she, by the way, she didn't say that the virus didn't exist. It's just that it's invisible. You can't really see it, so you don't know much about it. She didn't say people aren't getting sick from it. She said people do get sick from it. But how is it completely being overblown in these lockdowns and everything else being used by the virus to implement government control? I think truth has been very hard to find um, in the COVID-19 debate and things that um, officials, health, public health officials, government officials would say or politicians would say back when they say, oh, no, they were wrong. And now they say exactly the opposite. And so when you think about the control that perhaps not only people in this country, but people in other country would like to have over people and using their monetary system, putting the United States 
United States in such a vulnerable position where everything is locked down, industries are being lost. Uh, there's 94 restaurants in the Twin Cities that have closed permanently as just one example, mm-hmm. right? And then people are losing their incomes, their, their jobs. Everything is um, being lost. And then we have, we have Congress deciding to send millions and millions and millions of dollars overseas right. to other countries. When you look at all of this and you think about how COVID impacted this, that bill that did that was a COVID bill. Or so a lot of people believed. And it was a really small COVID bill, $600 per person, depending on what you made, right? Mm-hmm. With millions and millions and millions being going to other countries, right. right? Really depleting the resources of this country. So when you're talking about a, a new financial system being created um, and having us become lesser and more in debt, mm-hmm. I think everybody should be concerned. But it is COVID-19 that has put everybody or the, the fear right. about COVID-19 that has put everybody in this place where they're willing to let all of this happen to them that they would never have allowed before. Now, you're a registered nurse. Right. Uh, I think you practiced at, at one point yeah. before you became the president of Citizens Council for Health Freedom. So this is where you operate now in the healthcare world. You talked about it's hard to find truth. So let's talk about COVID for a second. How serious do you think this virus is? I have all sorts of people I know who have gotten it. Everyone from people have said, well, I hardly even know I had it, to some people said it's like a mild cold, to some people said it's like a really bad flu. Yeah, I've heard of a few people that I don't know personally, but have had some parents die of it. You hear these incredibly high death counts, you know, well over 300,000 people in this country, the CDC says, have died of it. But then you hear people say, well, only 6% of those have actually died of COVID itself. And so is there an inflation of that? So how threatening is the virus? And maybe speak specifically to how deadly has it actually been? I think the virus can be very, very deadly for people who are susceptible to it. And what they have mostly found is that the people who are susceptible are their elderly. They have multiple chronic conditions of significance like um, diabetes or heart disease or kidney disease. So, you know, significant conditions. And then obesity is very much um, something that... um, you know, can lead you to having worse COVID disease. The majority of the people who get it are going to be fine. It's something upwards of 99.9, unless right. you're elderly, then it's like 95 point something. But, you know, then you have to just consider the fact of where a lot of these elderly are, which means that they're in these buildings, they're um, all in there together, mm-hmm. right? And there's a recent study that talked about the susceptibility of um, someone to someone who has COVID. And it's very interesting. I was just talking on our um, video. We, um, I'm doing COVID update videos. And on number 32, I actually give the statistics. And now I don't have them right in front of me. But I'm going to give your listeners just kind of a general idea. Mm-hmm. And that is that if you have someone who doesn't have any symptoms, but they're diagnosed with COVID, the percentage chance that they're going to give it to a close contact is something like 3.5%. If they have symptoms and they have COVID, it goes up to like 12 point some percent. If they're in the household with someone, the likelihood that a household member will get it is only 20.1%. It's pretty 20. low. 20.1%. That means 79% that you're not going to get it in the same household. Yeah. 
right? But in the long-term care facilities, these are people who are older. They have multiple comorbidities. Lots of them are probably obese. And they have all the criteria for getting this, plus they're all stuffed together. Do you believe the 330,000 death number from COVID? I do not. And the reason that I don't believe it is that I know... um, So I'll just give you one thing that the the uh, Illinois Department of Health, the head of the Illinois Department of Health said uh, in a conference with reporters that has been recorded, some young man died and a reporter said, uh, did he die of COVID? And she said, well, let me explain what a COVID death is. And she said, if you are terminally ill and you're expected to die in two weeks and we find out that you have COVID, that's a COVID death. And so one of the things that we have found out is that the federal government is paying hospitals. Ah. They're paying hospitals um, from uh, January through April. I think it was $50,000 per COVID patient, over 100 patients or something like that. And then in that same period of time, seventy-seven, basically $77,000 per COVID patient, um, over 161. So they had these two funding streams. The first but, one was What was 100. the point of paying hospitals just to give them funding to treat COVID? Or what was the point of that? Now, that is a really good question. I think it might have been a combination of we know you're not getting a lot of your regular patients, so it's becoming very difficult for you to survive. Right. And so we're going to do this for you. It's hard to say, you know, what goes into a legislation and who's deciding what goes in. And, you know, that was hospitals, I'm sure, asking for money for every COVID mm-hmm. patient. Interesting. Twyla Brace with us today on the Christian Real View. She is the president and co-founder of Citizens Council for Health Freedom. Their website is cchfreedom.org. That's cchfreedom.org. On your website, if you go there, you will see your healthcare minute, which is a 60-second daily uh, radio feature that you do. And I know you've done some of them on masks. And this is just a huge topic in this country. You know, it's come down to an issue of, you know, masks help, masks don't help. They don't do anything. You know, they're everything. Give us a summary of what your thoughts and your research on masks, how much they help to stop the spread or or catching COVID-19. So it's very interesting that back in February or March, um, Tony Fauci from the federal government Mm -hmm. basically said that, you know, they don't hardly stop anything. So don't, you know, don't bother. And now he's saying he said that because he wanted healthcare workers to get them first. And I'm thinking, really? So you were willing to let everybody else die? If you really believe this is going to save people, you were willing to let everybody else die so that healthcare could workers really, I don't think so. If you, um, if you look at masks, just medical masks, you just look at the side of what the box says. And it says specifically, This does not protect you against viruses. Um, And then in addition to that, there's a 2015 study, which is a randomized controlled trial, which is, you know, sort of like the gold standard of clinical trials. And um, we did a special illustration on this that some people are showing around to their friends, posting different places, um, because what it showed was that cloth masks have a penetration rate of viruses at 97% cloth mask. Mm-hmm. Face gaiters are the same as cloth mask. A medical mask was 44%. So the virus could go through 44% of the time. And then an N95 was like 0.01. But of course, people can't wear an N95 mm-hmm. because if they wear it the way it's supposed to be worn, basically no, very little air goes through. And many people who wear N95s have to be in an oxygen-enriched environment mm-hmm. because of how it deprives them of oxygen under that mask. 
mask. So, you know, N95s have to be face-fitted to work. You can't wear a beard. It has to be face-fitted. Um, and, and so that's not how most people could even wear one. To summarize, masks do a little bit of good possibly, but certainly not as much as we're being told that there. if you wear a mask, this is, we need a national mask mandate and shut things down. And there's Re- a very limited benefit. Researchers and epidemiologists have said they don't work as source control, which means that you protect others by wearing a mask. And they don't work as PPE or personal protective equipment. They don't work to protect you either. And like the World Health Organization is very concerned that one of the things that will happen is that people will have a false sense of security. Not only will they not be able to breathe as well, they'll have a false sense of security. And then worse of all, self-contamination. They will be touching that mask and bringing more bacteria mm. to their face and virus to their face than if they didn't have it on. Twyla Brace again with us today on the Christian Real View, the president and co-founder of Citizens Council for Health Freedom. CCHfreedom.org is their website. Speaking of Catherine Austin Fitz, I want to play another soundbite from this interview uh, she did on Planet Takedown. And uh, here's what she said about how COVID is being instituted uh, merely as a means of gaining greater government control. What COVID-19 is, is a the institution of controls necessary to convert the planet from democratic process to technocracy. So what we're watching is a change in control and an engineering of new control systems. So think of this as a coup d'etat. It's much more like a coup d'etat than a virus. (laughs) So uh, for 20-some years in the United States, we've had a financial coup d'etat. And we knew at the end of 1995, a decision was made to move much of the assets and money out of the country. That was part of of sort of bubbling the global economy, globalization. And they knew that once they'd finished moving all those assets, that they would have to consolidate and change the the fundamental system. So after the financial coup, you've stolen all the money in the pension funds, you've stolen all the money in the government, and now rather than turn and tell people, well, we stole your money, you need an excuse that will allow you to consolidate and change the fundamental system. And so you have a magic virus. <laughs> and the magic virus is, oh, you know, we have to fundamentally change the system. But, you know, thanks to the magic virus, there's no money in Social Security. Thanks to the magic virus, there's no money in the Treasury. You know, and you have your perfect magic excuse. Everything can be blamed on the virus. Yeah, yeah. the magic virus can, you know, it's amazing because, because every implication of the financial coup has been magically solved by the magic virus. <laughs> it's yeah, right. quite if you're a financial person and you look at the world through the mathematics of time and money, it's quite amazing that anybody believes it, but they do. And I hear this mentality of people who don't have discernment as to what's going on. Again, we're not saying the virus doesn't exist, that it doesn't make certain people sick, it hasn't killed certain people. But I think the point we're trying to make is it's being used for a huge nefarious purposes to, to change the economic system of America. I mean, look at these these stimulus packages that are being drawn up. I mean, you're spending trillions of dollars. Where, where is that money coming from? So maybe, Twilight, you could talk about how the, the institution of control, why health care, whether with this virus or even government-controlled health care, the Obamacare that you were so integral in pushing back against, uh, when that was being pushed on us, wh- why is is it so effective to to use a, a health issue to gain control? Everybody wants to live, 
And so when you threaten their life, particularly with something invisible that they can't even see and they don't know where it is, then they are afraid. And so once they become afraid, they become more malleable. And the way that this control, the way that I see this control is through the um, the push now for vaccination certification. And if you look at Ticketmaster, for instance, Ticketmaster has, has said that if you want to attend their events, you will have to prove your COVID-19 status, your testing status, or you'll have to prove your vaccination. And, and they are um, drawing up plans with, I think it's Google and Apple maybe, as well as like CVS pharmacies and uh, Clear Health Passport. And the idea is you're going to have to come in with this information on your phone. You're going to have to show your phone to prove that you can uh, publicly engage in one of their events. But see, this is... This is just the beginning. If we allow the vaccination certification to become a mandate by businesses in a land of freedom, it's not going to be the last thing that's going to be on there. And that kind of card is already already the driver's license. They're, they're trying to digitize the driver's license. And maybe to give your listeners even a better idea of how this could work, um, back in 1997, um, Minnesota's governor uh, proposed what was called the MIN card. Now, most most people don't even know about this, but this was one card issued by the state government to every person. The card would be your driver's license. It would be your medical records. It would be your access to the phone. It would be your access to the bank. It would be your access to your workplace. There was almost nothing that you do in life that would not be under the control of this car. This was an early, early, early thing that I saw and went, oh, no, 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 no. But see, that's exactly where COVID-19, that's where the push is going, that we'll now all have to have required digital access before we can do anything. There'll be digital credentials that we have to prove. And COVID is being the way that this is being pushed. The Christian Worldview with David Wheaton returns in just a moment. David Wheaton here, host of The Christian Worldview. For over 15 years, our mission has been to sharpen the biblical worldview of Christians and to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. We pursue that mission on air through radio programs, in person hosting events, and online through audio, video, and print resources. We are an all-volunteer ministry, but have monthly operating expenses, the most significant being the cost of airtime on the station, website, or app on which you hear the radio program. We are looking for monthly partners so that each station or website is supported by its own listeners. The level of financial support for a given outlet is a key decision point whether we continue paying to broadcast there. To become a monthly partner of any amount, call us toll-free 1-888-646-2233 or visit thechristianworldview.org. Thank you for listening to and supporting The Christian Worldview. The new year has brought new features to the Christian Worldview radio program. First, good news for those who don't have an affiliate station in their area and those who subscribe to our free podcast. The latest program will now be available at our website, thechristianworldview.org, or via our podcast feed at 8 a.m. Central Time on Saturdays. Short takes will also be released on Mondays following the weekend airing of the program. These bite-sized highlights are great for those who don't have time to listen to the full 54-minute broadcast. Short takes can be heard at our website, podcast feed, and our social media pages on Facebook and YouTube. For more updates, program previews, and resources, be sure to sign up for our free weekly email by visiting thechristianworldview.org or calling 1-888-646-2233. 
1-888-646-2233. That's 1-888-646-2233. Or visiting thechristianworldview.org. Thanks for joining us on The Christian Worldview. Just a reminder that today's program and past programs are archived at our website, thechristianworldview.org. Short takes are also available, and be sure to share with others. Now, back to today's program with host David Wheaton. Okay, lightning round of questions here, because you mentioned the vaccine. Three questions in one here. Is it a, quote, miracle that this, this this vaccine was made so fast? Operation Warp Speed, we're told it's just, you know, unheard of in human history that something came out this fast. Is Number two, was it developed using tissue of aborted babies? That's been something that you've, we've read about. And number three, is this a different kind of vaccine with different elements and ingredients than your typical vaccines of the past where they just kind of use dead portions of a virus to inject into you so your body builds an antibody to it. How would you answer those three questions? Okay, so the first one is it was not a miracle. It was a decision. So it did not follow the typical research processes, and it has not even been approved by the FDA. Mm. The FDA, the only thing the FDA has done is given it emergency use authorization. That is not an approval. And then the second one regarding okay. aborted um, tissue, ab- aborted babies in the tissue. I haven't looked into that a lot, but what I understand is it might be that in some of the original processes, aborted tissue was used, but not in the actual vaccine. That's the latest thing that I have heard from a variety of sources. I, I think there's a lot of questions about that because, you know, who, who knows the real answer to that, right? Right. And then the third one had yeah. to do with... Is it a different... Different kind of oh, right. different where they're kind. dealing with it. They're, they're inject putting things into the vaccine that can track you, or it changes your the, your the structural yeah exactly mm-hmm. of your body, or can make you uh, you know less ability to have children. These kinds of things. Yeah. So there's so much uh, conversation about this, and there's so many doctors on both sides of this issue. So some doctors are like, absolutely not, we're not going to take that. Some doctors are, it's perfectly safe. Um, some doctors say, well, it's going to impact your DNA. Other doctors say, absolutely not. There's, there's it doesn't go into the nucleus of the cell. And so it's, it can't possibly change anything in your DNA. What we do know is that the, at least what I saw, I didn't look it up myself. I just saw a quip on Twitter about it, um, that the Red Cross has said something about if you know which vaccine that you had, you still have to wait two weeks before you can give blood. And if you don't, you have to wait four weeks. There is some, um, some cautions out there about for pregnant women. And it is an RNA. It's called messenger RNA, so mm-hmm. a little m RNA, and um, that's never, never. We've never had such a vaccine before. Okay, and so, and it was never tried on the elderly in long-term care facilities. So they don't even know. They don't have any safety information on trying it on people in long-term care facilities. So there's so much that we don't. No. And and the other thing is there was um, one report that 60% of healthcare workers were refusing to take it. I heard another report that it was 50-50 in one hospital. So even healthcare workers who are in the midst of COVID patients are concerned about the virus. Mm. Other ones, you know, obviously 50% think it's just fine. The other thing that really surprises people, and even uh, Dr. Fauci said this, is the vaccine is not meant to prevent you from getting COVID. So hear that. It is not 
meant to keep you from getting COVID. It will not keep you from getting COVID. So what's it for? It is meant to reduce the symptoms when you get COVID. Oh, dear. And it seems to me that as you were talking about in the lead up to this question, the fact that it's going to be used if you haven't got the vaccine, now government can control what you're able to do and not do travel, go here, do this, go to sporting events or other things like that. So, again, more government control. But it might not be government. It might be the businesses who are so afraid of being fined, being uh, imprisoned, sued, all that sort of thing. So it's sort of like businesses have become agents of the state. Then this is a terrible place for them to be. It's also a terrible thing for them to do. And I think this is one of the things for all of your listeners all across the state. They have to talk to their legislators, call them up, email them, whatever it is, as many people as possible to say, prohibit vaccination certification, prohibit it, prohibit it being used, prohibit it, prohibit it completely because it is discriminatory and it's mm. against the values of a free society. Twyla Brace with us today on the Christian Royal View, the president and co-founder of Citizens Council for Health Freedom. Just have one more soundbite I want to play from this Catherine Austin Fitz interview, and it has to do with this issue of transhumanism, how the technocracy, what she calls the technocracy, these are the big tech internet, those who want to transform society into this global dynamic. They're trying to create transhumans. Here's Catherine Austin Fitz talking about that. The technocracy that they're pushing towards is what is called transhumanism. So essentially what you do is you use injections to inject materials into the body that create the equivalent of an operating system. So everybody knows the idea of Microsoft causing you to download an operating system in your computer that gives Microsoft and a variety of other players a backdoor into your computer. And and every month or two or three, you've got to update it because there are viruses, right? It's back to the magic virus that can solve all problems. And so, so this is a similar system for your body. You inject materials into your body that essentially create the equivalent of an operating system and a receiver, and you can literally hook everybody up to the cloud. And that includes hooking them up in a way that their transaction system, you know, the Bible calls it the mark of the beast is one way people know this up. But you're you're basically talking about being able to digitally identify and track people in connection with their financial transactions. So it's a world of zero privacy. But more importantly, what's important to understand is you're if you if you then institute one or more central bank cryptos you're now talking about a system where every central bank in the world can shut you off individually from transacting if they don't like the way you're behaving. So many people are familiar with the social credit system in China. It's very similar. You're, you're basically, if you, if you install the smart grid in their car, their community, and now in their, literally in their body, you've got 24-7 surveillance. And if people don't do what you say and behave the way you want, uh, you know they can and, and and will shut off your money. So and and they'll also have spatial control. If they say you can't travel more than five miles, that's it. You you know because you're in a you're in a complete digital control system, and it's controlled by the central bankers to do the money. We're digitizing everything, but it includes the human body as well and the human mind. So basically, you're talking about hooking up into the Borg, if you will. And um, and so transhumanism and technocracy go hand in hand. Now, I would describe this as a slavery system. 
So we're talking about shifting out of freedom where we have freedom to roam and freedom to say what we want into a complete control system 24-7, including mind control. Now, the challenge before us is if the, you know, sort of the committee that runs the world, my nickname being Mr. Global, if Mr. Global wants to go to a slavery system and we want to remain a human civilization, then we have a fundamental disagreement, and that is the disagreement before us. This sounds, again, like something out of Revelation. You're getting injected with some sort of uh, vaccine or something that actually allows you to do banking, communicate, have records and so forth. You can be monitored at all times. Transhumanism is what they're saying. Are we close to this? Is the virus leading to this, the virus and the vaccine leading to this? What are your thoughts on what she just said? I would say that the entire uh, world, particularly the pro-tech people, the, all the tech businesses, all the data businesses, all those who don't want you to have privacy and feel like, um, I mean, I think it's two things working together. It's perhaps the government who wants more control, but it's also the businesses who want more data, which mm-hmm. to them is more money. And if they work together with the government and public-private partnerships, which I've never liked for years and years and years, then this is like the the powerful business and the power and the police powers of government, you know, merged together. And so, and so when you think about this technocracy and you think about where everything's going, think about the things that are already in a medical way in your body and the hacking, the hacking of some of the things like, you know, for your heart or for, you know, diabetes or whatever, those systems are now occasionally being hacked. They're vulnerable to hacking because they're online. They're connected to the cloud already. Mm-hmm. And now there's something by Profusa um, who has some kind of a gel piece which can be under your skin. It's not actually, you know, it's not like metal grid or anything like that, but it, it's a biosensor. So your heart rate, your when you're sleeping, all that stuff, you know, it can transmit into the cloud into your computer, into your phone, into Mm -hmm. your medical record, right? And so all of these lead to way more tracking, way more intrusion. They all have this convenience factor. Mm -hmm. And we are going to lose our freedom because we like the convenience, we like the speed. But we need to be thinking, we need to be thinking to the degree to which we want to let outsiders in and then to have control as a result of being in. Twyla, we appreciate your coming on the Christian Realview today. We appreciate what you're doing at Citizens Council for Health Freedom. I would really encourage listeners to go to your website, sign up for your your email, uh, listen to your Health Freedom Minute, and really get connected with your organization. Again, the website is cchfreedom.org. Well, I hope you gained from that interview with Twyla Brace and also hearing the sound bites from Catherine Austin Fitz in that video called Planet Lockdown. We have that video linked on our website as well. But to summarize, there is a a move towards authoritarianism now in this country, which is going to try to reduce individual liberties. Whether the Biden administration knows it or whatever admit it, they are definitely paving the way uh, for the end times and the rule of Antichrist. Or you can maybe better say it, that God is using the wicked to bring about his purposes that are leading toward the end times with his global leader called the Antichrist. And barring a large spiritual revival in this country, the United States seems headed for authoritarian rule. 
And this is incredibly sad and tragic for America and by extension, the, the rest of the world, because once individual liberties in America are compromised, there's really no other country that has the power to export these values of individual liberty. Now, that being said, we as Christians do not need to be afraid, but we do need to be informed and we need to stand firm and be bold because individual liberties, again, are not guaranteed by anyone. They are a, a grace, a gift from God that we've been able to enjoy in this country. And God's purposes, as I mentioned earlier, march on no matter what our individual liberties are. And while it may seem like those who are authoritarian in tendency are winning, just remember, Christian, who wins in the end. Revelation 19 says, and I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies assembled to make war against him, against Christ, who sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was seized and with him the false prophet who performed the signs in his presence by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were thrown alive into the lake of fire, which burns with brimstone. It's a graphic scene, but a victorious one, as the King of Kings and Lord of Lords returns to destroy the enemies of him and of God, and also those who had taken away all the individual liberties in the world. So even though we do live in a changing and challenging America, there is one we can trust in, Jesus Christ and his word. They are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thanks for listening to The Christian Worldview. Until next time, think biblically, live accordingly, and stand firm. The mission of The Christian Worldview is to sharpen the biblical worldview of Christians and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. We hope today's broadcast encouraged you toward that end. To hear a replay of today's program or to sign up for our free weekly email or to find out what must I do to be saved, go to our website, thechristianworldview.org or call us toll free at one 1- 888-646-2233. The Christian Worldview is a listener-supported ministry and furnished by the Overcomer Foundation, a nonprofit organization. You can find out more, order resources, make a donation, become a monthly partner, and contact us by visiting thechristianworldview.org, calling toll-free 1-888-646-2233, or writing to Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. That's Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. Thanks for listening to The Christian Worldview. Until next time, think biblically and live accordingly.